Let's begin this Monday edition of Chapter and Verse with this comment from our teacher, Mike McIntosh. Every area of this world is zeroed in, disguised as media, entertainment, music, politics, finances. Uh, The issues become everything but actually the issue of who's behind the scene destroying human life. Why is it that this book is outlawed? Why? Why is it that people die because of their faith in this book? And I'll stand up and shout And I'll praise you, Lord Jesus And I'll stand up and sing And I'll thank you, Lord Jesus And I'll stand up and shout Welcome to CNV. Today we'll listen as Pastor Mike McIntosh presents another fascinating study from the book of Psalms. The erosion of innocence is our topic today, and Psalm 139 is our area of survey. In this psalm, we'll see that the reader, that's you and I, are special. We didn't evolve or accidentally happen. God very meticulously thought us out and designed us. Yet the enemy of God would have you believe you came from the primordial ooze and were once an animal. Unfortunately, many now are acting like animals, having been deceived by the devil. Now let's join our teacher, Mike McIntosh. I'm going to ask you if you turn to Psalm 139, and I'll tell you why. 20% of the people from this service and the first service, over 3,000 or 3,000 or whatever, um come on Wednesday nights, which isn't very many. I'm grateful, but it's the night that we study through the Bible. We call it chapter and verse. And this Wednesday night, we finish the um, book of Psalms, and I realize that the majority of you have not studied the Psalms. And uh, so we decided we'll do one Psalm, and in the last five, we'll do Wednesday night. Then we start the book of wisdom, the the book of Proverbs, uh, and we go through every chapter, every verse, and we get to know the Lord and love the Lord a lot through it. So if you don't understand the Psalms, this is just an idea of the joy you'll get out of studying the Psalms. Most people have lost the value of human life, and we were told that in the last days men's hearts would fail them. We'd be in perilous times. The word perilous means literally no way out. There'd be wars, rumors of wars. Um, There'd be famines. Everything we're going on, traitors uh, would be recognized. Governments would collapse earthquakes in various places, and then the end would come. And um, so for 30-some years, I've made an emphasis that I will enter heaven at least able to say that at least I taught every week, every year, chapter and verse, that nobody could ever say that we didn't hold the word up. And uh, the Psalms are just so powerful. And it dawned on me this week as I was watching a clip of a new movie that just came out uh, that everybody that's seen is saying is wonderful, But it was already spoken of by King David in Psalm 139. The whole deal about how valuable and precious you are and how important you are. But every area of this world is zeroed in, disguised as media, entertainment, music, politics, finances. Uh, The issues become everything but actually the issue of who's behind the scene destroying human life. Why is it that this book is outlawed. Why? Why is it that people die because of their faith in this book? 
So the psalmist in Psalm 139, uh, I thought of all the psalms that we could look at, reminds us everything about the preciousness of life. And this may give you a desire to go ahead and read the psalms yourself. If not, join us on Wednesday nights. The author, of course, is King David, most of them. Asaph wrote a lot of them, the sons of Korah, Solomon, Heman. Uh, Moses wrote some, a guy named Ethan wrote a couple, and some other people wrote one or two. But basically, King David wrote the psalms. And the main point of the psalms is that they're songs, they're put to music, and it shows us an important way that we can talk to the Lord. That's what the psalms are about. Because there are men in combat. In the last service, we prayed with a Navy SEAL and his family as we dedicated his children to the Lord as he leaves for a year or more. Uh, how rough it is on his family. But um, he can call out to the Lord in the middle of combat or uh, in the middle of traffic on uh, 805. And this book shows you that you can call to the Lord by praising him, by confessing your sin to him. You can cry out to him for help. You can worship him. You can just... Walk down the beach by yourself and talk to him. People may think you're crazy, but in today's world, everybody's got the little Bluetooth on, so you're not crazy if you're walking down the beach talking to God. You can just, Lord, here I am. I don't know you. I want to know you better. And he'll reveal himself. So Psalms do that. And the main people that are coming to us with the wisdom and the knowledge of God are David and Moses. And it's the longest book of the Bible, as we've already learned. It's also uh, the Bible's largest collection of songs. Uh, it's considered by some uh, uh, to be the most emotional book of the Bible because it takes anger, it takes love and lust and bitterness and uh, uh, wisdom and leadership skills. But um, it was organized into five books with different themes. And the themes are so broad from the words, let us praise the Lord to God, when are you going to smash the teeth of my enemy? I mean, that's a pretty broad spectrum, and we've all felt that before, from smashing teeth to, well, let's praise the Lord. Written in the years 1440 to 586 B.C., so it had a span of times before they put them all together. 150 different chapters, and the word psalm, the reason they gave it, means sacred psalm. So, Psalm 139 reminds us about you. You forget everybody else and everything that's going on in San Diego and who you're sitting with if you're embarrassed to be in church or you're thrilled to be in church or you're confused about being in church. You were raised with lots of stained glass and statues and you're wondering, what are we doing in a gymnasium? And, you know, you're, you're edgy. But how about stopping just for a few moments and letting God speak to you? He's big enough to speak to you. He is God. You're the only one that can stop him from speaking. And let him explain to you from words that are hundreds of years old, and you'll understand why this book is outlawed and why the worldly people are afraid of this book and make fun of it because their father is not your father. Their father is the devil. He's a liar and he's a murderer, and he has come to bring death and destroy, and Jesus Christ said, I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. It reminds the reader that each reader is special, that there's something about you that is special, that you didn't evolve from uh, some amoeba or some peanut butter and jelly floating in the ocean. You, you weren't some accident. You, did, you didn't just happen. God very meticulously uh, thought each one of you out. He thought about everything about you. He realized he designed you, and you may be as distant from him as you are from a chili cheeseburger right now. You just, you have no clue of who he is. 
But he says, let not the rich man glory in his wealth, nor the strong man glory in his strength. And don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. But if any man's going to glory, let him glory in this, that he understands and knows me, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. So God wants you to know him. The end of the world, according to the Bible's prophecies, is winding down. The Middle East is ready to just come apart. Our country is a target. It needs to be shut down so the wicked one can take charge of this whole world, and then Jesus will come. The psalmist is overwhelmed. As you see him writing, he's just overwhelmed when he starts thinking about God's thought process. He starts thinking about his own heart beating, thinks about his fingers are able to wiggle. He's just overwhelmed with the detail of life that God has put into each person. Um, Last weekend, as uh, we were up in uh, Visalia and um, speaking at the Fox Theater and then at the Calvary Chapel up there, and then because of our week of prayer and fasting that we hold here, 30-some churches now get together up in Visalia, and I was able to go and join them last Sunday night for a countywide gathering of different denominations. It was wonderful. There's a movement in our country to destroy the foundation of this country and destroy the people of this country and make us intellectual slaves and physical slaves. You know, it's just difficult to believe in God in today's society. I'm sorry. It's not for me. I'd love to sit with those Oxford guys and uh, let them speak their baloney. You know, it says in the Psalms, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Those men are making them, as it says in Romans chapter 1, professing themselves to be wise, they have made themselves fools. And they're trying to say there is no God, but I'm sorry, there is a God. Listen to what the psalm said uh, many hundreds of years ago in Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. You understand my thoughts afar off. You can pass my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. There isn't anything you don't know about me, my friends, or anything. For there is not a word in my tongue. But lo, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have beset me behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. And such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I, I can't attain unto it. And it's difficult because this world bombards you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to be a worldly, carnal, fleshly person and don't strengthen your spirit. But this book was put here so that you would strengthen your spirit and you would realize you're being watched and you're going to be held accountable for your entire life. Some of you are going to die and you're going to die a godless life. And it says in the, in the Psalms 143, I think, or excuse me, 146, Uh, or seven, it says that uh, their breath, man's breath, will leave them and they will turn back to the earth that they came from and their thoughts and their mind will cease instantly. The day that you die, it's all over with. The show is over. You shut down, that's it. You have a godless life. So this psalmist is being so touched by the Lord. He starts out saying, you're searching me. He's like a, a computer program that is looking for a virus. It's going on without you pushing any buttons. It's like God is watching you and searching your heart and has all the information he needs about you. But he wants to relate to you and fellowship with you. And then he said, it's interesting how everything I do, verse 2, is somewhat amazing when you, you think of it. You know my down-sitting and my uprising, and you understand my thoughts a long ways off before even my thoughts tomorrow or a year from now. You already know what they're going to be. 
You can pass my path, my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. Did you know in a newborn child that the respiration rate lying down is ordinarily about 40 breaths per minute or even a little bit higher? And healthy men can have rates as low as six breaths and healthy women with rates as low as three in a minute. In general, however, women breathe faster than men by about two to four breaths each minute. The additional energy that is expended necessary to sit up, just to let your body sit up, raises the respiration rate about five breaths per minute over what it is while you're just lying down. And then the rate to stand up, for me to get up and come over to here, took four more beats a minute to keep the blood pumping and all these cells working, my brain working and everything else. It took about four more to, to stand up. But disease, fever particularly, exercise, glandular activity can increase the rate and then sleep slows it down. So just for your body to move, God had it all planned that the heart would increase, the blood would circulate, your adrenaline would move, you'd stand up. You'd lay down, everything would chill out. But isn't it interesting he said that in the Psalms? You know my down-sitting, verse 2, and my uprising. You know everything about it, what makes me work. You understand my mind and all the thoughts. But at the same time, as these first six verses bring to us this importance of man knowing God and God searching man, we've murdered in our country about 43 million babies, unborn, been killed by abortion. It's almost a third of the number of live babies born during the same time, our population just being decimated. Approximately 1.6 million more unborn babies are killed every year by abortion or one baby every 20 seconds in the United States alone. So since you've been here, many human beings have never made it out of the womb. And I bet you that if you let one of those babies vote, none of them would be for abortion. They would want to come out and see what's going on here. Approximately the same number of victims died in uh, New York City and Washington, D.C. on September 11, 2001, from a terrorist attack as we kill every day in the womb in America. Every day we have a 9-11 taking place and people are not shocked because we have been numbed and we've been dumbed and we don't realize how important we are and how special we are and what it takes for us to just get up in the morning. Look at verse 7 through 12. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence, God? If I go to heaven, I'm a Miss Goody Two-Shoes and I go to heaven, you're going to be there. But if I'm Mr. Atheist or Mr. Doubter or Mr. Bad Guy, if I make my bed in hell, you're there too. His presence can be seen everywhere. So if you think you're running from God and you're going to hide from God, not so. Probably the last memory that will be in your memory bank will be that you stood before the throne of God and saw his glory and his beauty. And you saw all of his power and who he was and you will for the rest of eternity, struggle with not only your childhood and your teenage years and all your issues of sin that never got washed away, you'll always remember that you, with your strong will, turned the Creator away and said, it's just like knitting, it's nothing. Approximately the same number has not got our attention yet. More unborn babies are killed each year, every year in our country, than have American soldiers been killed in every war of our country, starting from the Revolutionary War through the present war in Iraq. We've only lost 1.1 million citizens, but we purposely and knowledgeably kill 1.6 million citizens 
Even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me so I can sneak around and God's not going to see what I'm doing. Surely if I say that, or I camouflage myself, or I become invisible. If I try that, even the night shall be light about me. Yes, if the darkness hides not from you, God, but the night shines as day, the darkness and the light are both alike to you. There's no way that King David in writing the psalm ever knew about night goggles or night vision that some of you in the military have or some of you just have because you're weird. (laughs) That you can put these babies on and you can look into the dark and you can see down the street. Or how about those of you that are in the black ops that have thermal imaging that would allow you to look through concrete and be able to see who is in this room. Or that you'd have the technology to scan everybody's wallet or purse and say, how many 20 bills with the little silver thing are inside of this room? How much cash is in that house? Or a sniper at one mile away that could have a caliber of a bullet so penetrating it could come through concrete and get the bad guy inside of that building and nobody would even know. There's no way that David knew that darkness would be light to God and that God is everywhere and he can illuminate everything. But he started out by saying, you've searched me, O Lord. And you know me. So he had a relationship going here with God. Okay, I can't hide from you. So I love what Dennis had in his song that he's a bigger savior than we are a sinner. Because the devil would like you to think that you're not worth saving. So commit suicide. So go through a divorce. Abort the baby. Get angry. Get mad. Live for greed, power, lust, whatever. There's no value to human life. And that's just what the propaganda machine is pounding out every day, every night, trying to beat you down and beat you down and make you nothing but a religious knitter, if not more a religious nut. Now, this isn't an attack against just the cross on Mount Soledad. This is an attack that's in all of our education system. It's everywhere. God, we're told in Psalm 2, the second psalm, Why do the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing and say, Let us break our cords and cast our bands asunder. We want no connection with heaven and earth. We want this to be a total secular society. The Psalms already knew what was going on today. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me. No, that's not true. They say that there's no scientific instrument is as sensitive to light as a person's eye. In the dark... Its sensitivity increases, did you know this, a hundred thousand times. And you can detect a glow a thousand times dimmer than a candle's flame. How powerful are your eyes that God created that you can see a moon that's 243,000 miles away from you? Or you can look light years into outer space at night and your eyes are so sensitive you can see the nebula. You can see Orion. You can see the star Betelgeuse on the left shoulder of the constellation Orion with this belt buckle sticking out of those three stars in the side. And you can go to your encyclopedia and say, oh, Betelgeuse. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that Edward Scissor's hand's brother or something? I forget who that was. Wasn't that Johnny Depp's cousin, Betelgeuse? And you'll read that that one star is a pulsating star just like your heartbeat. Ba-boom, ba-boom. And it expands out to 400 million miles in diameter. And when it contracts, it goes down to 270 million miles. The Bible says in the Psalms, the ones following this one, in fact, that God, you have named and called every star and numbered them. Do you even know where your car keys are right now? God knows every star out there. And he placed them out there and flung them with his fingertips. No, God is a powerful God. He made you. You are a special woman. You're a special man. Your children are special. You need to stand up 
and stand for righteousness and resist this evil that has come to our country to strip us of all of our rights. This is what the revolution was about, that men and women and families stood to protect themselves to believe and to understand the word of God. The ear, just God making the ear, is as much an acoustical marvel as the eye is an optic one. The inner ear in itself is like a keyboard with 15,000 keys in your inner ear. And that is the same number of tones that can be detected by your ear. Now, this was peanut butter and jelly floating together. This was a monkey's uncle scratching a flea off of another monkey in the zoo. This is what you came from. And yet, how did the selection process say 15,000 tones, each human being gets 15,000 keys? Now, the bass player this morning is probably one of the best well-known music producers in all of Nashville. And uh, he can hear things that you and I can't hear. Those 15,000 keys are in tune. In the first service, Dennis was tuning his guitar as he was talking, and he was playing a song by tuning his guitar, but I knew he was tuning, and I could hear that the last note, he had timed it perfectly, that when he got that last string in tune, that he went right into that song. But he was playing the song in an abstract, and he was doing it because his mind is like that. The audience didn't really pick up on it. And I asked him, I said, is that what you're doing? He said, yeah, I was. How would you pick up on that? You have 15,000 keys, think of a piano, that are working right now, picking up my intonations and picking up my sound, that you can hear a trumpet blast as opposed to an electric guitar, as opposed to a harmonica. You can hear French, that it is different than German. It's because God created this. Isn't it interesting? Proverbs chapter 20. Again, the word of God, verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made even both of them. No, you're not an accident. There's no way you're an accident. Your hair color, well, some of you have dyed it, I can see, but uh, your hair color, God said she's going to be petite. She'll be five foot one. She probably won't ever get over 118 pounds. She'll have brown hair, hazel eyes. She'll have long fingers. He will be six foot four. He'll be 230 pounds at, at his max. He'll be able to carry that weight. He will be able to have long, strong arms and legs and will be able to lift a lot of weight. He will be Barney Fife from Mayberry. He won't have any strength at all, but he'll have a really sharp and clever little humorous mind. God thought you out. Look at verse 13. For you have possessed my reins. You've got the horses going and the stagecoach and on the wagon and he possesses the reins. He's in charge. He's controlled everything from the brain working to your heart beating to your lungs working. He's in control. He's got it there. You have covered me in my mother's womb. It's supposed to be the safest place for a human being. But the devil hates the human race so much. He has convinced people, kill your offspring. And there is not an animal or a bird or a fish, anything in all of creation that kills its own offspring. But we, the human race, have turned from God... And being godless and not having God's holy word, we have no options other than what we choose to do. When you go to the first verse, the first chapter, the go- uh, not the gospel, but the book of Ruth, it says, in the days that the kings did judge, the judges did reign. But you go to the page to your left, the 21st chapter, the 25th verse of the book of Judges, it says in the days of judges that Ruth starts out from, that there was no king in the land. And everyone did what was right In their own eyes. You see, we used to be a people that had a king. And his word is how we did our best to live. And if we couldn't live up to his standard, we could at least confess to him and ask his forgiveness. And he would forgive us. 
But now we do what is right in our own eyes and we say, don't mess with me. But we do want to get religion under control and we do want you knitters to be out of sight so that science can come and be the God that we'll worship. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now he didn't say I'm fearfully and perfectly made. God listened to Moses saying, I can't go speak to these people. I, I'm sorry, I've got a speech problem. He said, have I not made the halt, the maim, the lame, the deaf, and the dumb? So you will go, Moses. No, fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you see that animation of one of the cells? It had feet that was walking down that line, and it was carrying part of the cell to keep your body working. I mean, God has thought that up. That's all going on inside of you as you sit here. That's Mike McIntosh concluding today's segment of our survey of the Book of Psalms. Join us tomorrow for part two of this message, The Erosion of Innocence. If you'd like to review this message, you can do so online when it's convenient for you. Just log on to our website at MikeMcIntosh.com. That's MikeMcIntosh.com and click on the teaching link. And then go to the sermon page for not only the complete teaching through Psalms, but nearly the entire Bible from Pastor Mike. Again, log in at MikeMcIntosh.com. As we close our broadcast for today, I would like to take a moment to remind you once again that chapter and verse only continues to be heard daily on this station due to the support of our listeners. So we do appreciate you praying for this ministry. Then if you'd like to be a part of keeping this radio outreach on the air, write to us at chapter and verse, Post Office Box 231150, San Diego, California 92193. Again, it's chapter and verse, Post Office Box 231150, San Diego, California 92193. You can also securely give online at MikeMcIntosh.com. Thanks for joining us today on Chapter and Verse. This program is presented by Horizon International Ministries. And I'll stand up and shout.